Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. While there are many processes underway in our society, one of the most important may be the fact that people are moving around and choosing to live and work in different places. Part of this is driven by economic factors. There are obviously more jobs in urban areas than rural areas. But it also seems that there's now some evidence that people in Kauteng and maybe KwaZulu-Natal are trying to move to Cape Town. Certainly some businesses appear to be moving to Cape Town if they can. For example, the company Growth Point, which provides rental property for businesses, says it's trying to literally reduce its exposure to Gauteng, partly because of failing municipal services. Instead, it's trying to increase its exposure to the Western Cape. There are other factors to this. It seems there's larger vacancy rates for office space in Joburg, in Santon, for example, than there are in Cape Town too. This obviously coming out of the pandemic. Also higher vacancy rates than KwaZulu-Natal. So then what's happening to the property market and what does this tell us about how business, capital and people are moving around? First this morning, John Luce is the property economist at First National Bank. Then Matasha Bawan is the managing director of Brawl Properties Energy, Water and Sustainability division. How difficult is it to keep businesses actually with electricity and water at the moment? And then Herschel Javits is the CEO of Javits, the estate agents company. We'll ask him about how people are moving around at the moment. Also ask about the difference in property prices, homeowner prices, for example, in Gauteng and Cape Town. We then start with the property economist at First National Bank, John Luce. John, good morning. Morning, Stephen. Firstly, is there evidence that the commercial property market in the Western Cape is attracting more people and more companies than that market in Gauteng? Uh, I think so. Um, well, f- firstly, I think that the evidence is there that the commercial property markets are stronger in the Western Cape than Gauteng. Um, that in part because of, I think, some business migration and more more expansion that way and less expansion elsewhere. Um but also because I think over the past few decades, we've had this net inflow of skilled, highly skilled uh, semigrants into the Western Cape, as well as affluent purchasing power migrating that way. And I think it's starting to give the Western Cape economy a lift to higher performance sort of levels than say Gauteng or KZN. So, but 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 yes, our, our FNB property broker surveys in recent quarters have shown a much better market balance. Uh, you know, demand supply balance in the Western Cape in um, in office in retail um, and and up there with with KZN in terms of industrial as well. So stronger market. Yes, I think that's been clearly coming through in our surveys. Why would there be more um, vacant office space in Gauteng than in the Western Cape? And could part of it be that Gauteng started off with a lot more capacity in the first place? Uh, that that's a, I, I think Gauteng, well, Gauteng, um, the likes of Santon have had a, a higher vacancy rate for quite some time than many other areas of the, of the country. Um, it is the biggest sort of head office property region, Gauteng's the biggest, or Joburg to be specific, is the, the biggest head office property region of the of the country. And my, my perception at the moment is that the smaller regional offices are often more popular places to work from. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but we, um, uh, whether it's just, it's tough to say, but the head, the head offices with the remote and more flexible work sort of um, options it, it seems to be, even even our smaller regional offices around Gauteng uh, at FNB seem to be fuller on a daily basis than, than, than head offices. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but um, I think that the, 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 the remote work, uh, the, the 
uh, trends, which has sort of remained elevated after um, COVID. I think that has played a role in weakening general office demand. For some reason, though, it seems to have, may have affected Gauteng worse. I mean, I suppose the thing is that Cape Town and maybe some parts of KwaZulu-Natal have certain attractions. I'm talking really about the sea, John. I suppose there's a mountain. Yeah. And Gauteng just doesn't have that. And if you can, you'll move. Look, it's more than just the attractions. Cape Town does have those natural attractions now. But it's about um, more and more individuals and I think businesses as well looking for municipalities that work, municipalities that provide, a, 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 give them a good deal in terms of what, relative, what they pay relative to the services that they receive. And I think many of the Western Cape municipalities provide that now and many of the others elsewhere in the country don't always provide that. Um, then there's the heightened load shedding in recent months. Now, that affects everybody, including the Western Cape. But you see, I think there's a greater optimism that people like the city of Cape Town will solve that problem to a certain extent. You see the plans for new solar farms, etc., by the city of Cape Town coming out. Elsewhere in the country, I think there's less optimism that that, that problem will be solved. Um. Is it also over the last 10 years it's been easier to meet remotely? And sure, we all remember Zoom calls during the pandemic, and I'm very happily go through the rest of my life never going on a Zoom call again. But the fact is that that is the way that people live now, and that must be a major factor. And, I mean, you can ally that to the fact that some people can be working all for the same company, part of the same team, literally in different countries. That's true. I mean, as over the past few decades, technology has enabled us to be more flexible as to where we work. Companies don't have to be sitting in the in the CBD of Joburg anymore or in Santon. I mean, you know, Capitec's head office is in Stellenbosch. So there's there's there's, there's greater flexibility in many services um, uh, uh, sectors as to where you work or where your offices need to be. And I think we've seen that even before COVID, we saw that coming. COVID just gave it a bit of a an, an acceleration. Um, and, but, but I think, Stephen, the, the, the other thing to, to realize, too, is that, you know, this, this immigration is just not, not about people who can work remotely. There's a lot of retirees that have semigrated to the, the, the Cape Coast, um, affluent retirees. They bring purchasing power. They drive economies. So I think that a lot of the economies, uh, the, the town and, and, and the city of Cape Town economies along the, uh, the Western Cape Coast, well, and inland, too, are starting to outperform elsewhere because of that the skills they've attracted, the purchasing power they've attracted, and businesses there are starting to thrive more as well. What's happening in KwaZulu-Natal? You spoke about Gauteng, you spoke about Johannesburg. Are we seeing that companies are trying to leave KZN as well? Is it a bit more difficult for some reasons? KZN in recent, uh, the re- recent years has had a spate of bad news. Um, at one stage, it was looking promising for KZN along the north coast, as being a popular semigration destination um, and residential developments up the north coast had, had, had done fairly well. But uh, at the moment, Kaiserlin's residential market looks like it might be the weakest of the lot. Um, and it's, uh, I think there's been a dent in confidence, the, the big unrest two years ago. Um, there's been various floods. And, and, and I think questions over the, the condition of local governments. There, of course, there's the, the issue of the sea as well and the, the polluted sea that you at times can't even swim in. So I think that that province's image as a sort of a lifestyle place to live has taken a bit of a knock in, uh, over the past two years. 
This must be having all sorts of impact on property prices. So I'm talking about prices for commercial property in Gauteng and Cape Town and KwaZulu-Natal. I mean, this must be pushing the price per meter of office space in Cape Town fairly fairly high up. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't think, I, I think one must be, you know, Cape Town's not, it's not a boom or a bubble or something. Um, you know, it, it's still subject to the, the, the national pressures and it's still struck, uh, subject to various um, trend changes in the world. You know, so, so remote, it has lower vacancy rates than, say, the northern areas of Joburg and so on. So office does a little bit better. But I think office is still probably the under, going to be the underperformer in Cape Town, and you probably find industrial property will do better there as well, just just like elsewhere in the country. Um, you know, Cape Town and well, the Western Cape as a whole, they still have a greater re- remote work population now, greater work flexibility. That's something that's probably here to stay. But but yes, will offer is office space probably doing better in Cape Town than in Joburg? Yes, I, I think so. John Luce, thank you very much indeed. Property economist at First National Bank. Really appreciate the time with SFM. Your mediated conversation continues 17 minutes to nine. Matesh Bawan is the Managing Director for Bro Properties Energy, Water and Sustainability Division. Matesh, good morning. Thank you for having us on your show. How difficult is it to keep uh, office buildings supplied with water and electricity at the moment? Uh, it must be quite a big job in some places. Yes, Stephen, um I think property in terms of commercial and supplying energy is not only impacted by the load shedding, but also the fact that uh, some of these commercial properties need to be supplied by diesel generators, etc., which, which comes with additional complexities around the cost as well as the maintenance and monitoring of these generators as a backup supply, which is now actually the primary supply. Are you finding that um, issues around water are becoming more and more difficult? I mean, Gauteng's had issues with water, uh, Cape Town maybe not so much uh, for the moment, but keeping, making sure that buildings have enough water to operate. I imagine if you have supply problems, you need to have backups there too, or just bigger tanks in the roof. Yes, Stephen, we're seeing that a lot of the, the water issues are not only related to water quality and supply, but also the pressure that buildings need in terms of the uh, safety systems. So some of the issues also around pressure um, and, and availability because obviously the knock-on effect of the uh, water treatment facilities are also impacted by the, the stages in load shedding. So that is a big factor in terms of providing um, um, water to the, to the commercial property in any, any retail as well. Does load shedding add a lot of cost to running these buildings? Yes, Stephen. So if you if you look at uh, grid prices of energy versus supplying energy through through diesel, you're looking at uh, you know six times or seven times more than what you are paying the the, the supposed municipality or ESCOM, depending on your supply. Uh, over and above that, uh, the additional cost in terms of maintaining these generators, which are ultimately there as an emergency or backup supply, and now being used as a primary supply mechanism. Uh, the service costs have increased significantly because uh, you know generators need to be serviced maybe every 250 hours or 500 hours, and that now in a month could be two or three services, which is an additional cost to the to the to the to the landowner. Um, is there also a, a, a greater demand for buildings to be sustainable, to use less water, to uh, need less energy to heat themselves, maybe even to generate their own power in some way? Are you seeing some clients are kind of in that market? 
Yes, absolutely. We see a big um, drive in that, and that's what we are, are supporting in terms of the sector. A lot of what we are trying to do is trying to reduce the overall consumption of the building, uh, understanding the building's energy consumption uh, while there is activity, people activity, uh, and, and non-activity. I think that, that, that is, a, is a major um, point that we're trying to push across is, do you understand how much energy you're consuming uh, when there's no activity in your building, and what can we do to reduce that? Because that obviously uh, also links to the overall uh, national issue that we have. If we reduce energy consumption, then uh, you know you actually have to produce less energy um, from our um, power stations. So then, does this mean it is easier for you to run your buildings in the way that you want to in some places of the country than it is in others? Well, any, any, any building in terms of active management will be able to reduce its consumption. Um, there's a couple of components within the electricity space uh, uh, that we can, we can uh, integrate and manage uh, on behalf of, 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 of landowners. But at the end of the day, we want to minimize the amount of energy required to run a building and make sure that the comfort levels of the um, occupants are maintained. And it doesn't matter which province you are really in. I think uh, in terms of load shedding, some of the provinces are shielded. Like, um, you know, it's, I mean, Cape Town is, uh, is, is at some points one stage less than uh, the rest of the national um, out, outlook in, in terms of load shedding stages. And the same with KZN. I think KZN is still shielded a bit in terms of their, um, which stage they are on when the national stage is, is potentially at stage six. They are are stage four because of what has happened in the province uh, with the national uh, disasters that they've had. So yes, in some in some instances it's protected in that way, but um, it's also proactive uh, proactive uh, governments, as mentioned earlier. The the municipalities that are active in terms of how they manage the energy and where they get the energy from. You see a lot of a lot of work happening in the, in the smaller municipalities because I I I guess they are more nimble. And um, and it depends on the, the national national prerogative of what um, what these entities are looking at and what's going to drive the the the, mm. the the their usage. And Matesh, are you seeing more demand for space in Cape Town than you are in Gauteng at the moment? I mean, you know, for the company that you that you work for, are you beginning to see there's actually a real shift? People talking about Cape Town or moving from Gauteng, or rather, in a way that they didn't five, ten years ago. Yeah, so Stephen, if you look at property, uh, you know, in its, uh, if you're buying a property or you're renting a property, you'd want to know that you have certain securities that gives value to that property. Now, in some of the provinces, that's not happening. Supply of water, supply of electricity. There's no national, there's no sentiment uh, that gives the security of the individual or the entity that's investing to say that, look, I think this government or this uh, um, area is looking at the future and what does the future look like? So we see uh, the Western Cape being a lot more active and in that way, you know, that gives more security in terms of, of, of the investing entity and that drives the markets into it. Matesh Bawan, thanks very much indeed. The Managing Director of Bro Properties Energy, Water and Sustainability Division. In a moment, we will talk about home, home prices. Herschel Javits is the CEO of Javits. That's to come. 
Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation this morning around property, commercial and homeowner property and home prices in Gauteng, KwaZulu-Natal and the Western Cape. Herschel Javits is the CEO of Javits Properties. Herschel, good morning. Thanks for your time. Morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. If companies are moving offices to Cape Town, well, I presume the people who work in those offices are moving too. What's happening to residential property prices in Cape Town? Yeah, Stephen, I think uh, listening to John earlier, I think we're seeing a similar trend and I'd probably argue that the the driving force of offices moving to Cape Town has been this immigration trend and the infrastructure issues as, as opposed to the other way around. And uh, I think the trend in terms of property prices is far more noticeable uh, in, the, in, the, in the residential property m- market, uh, both from the, the value of property and the, the price growth that's taking place uh, between Joburg and Jenny Gauteng and the, and the Western Cape. So just from a, a property value point of view, uh, on average, property values are, are probably at least two to two and a half times uh, what they are in Johannesburg and in Kauteng, and especially much more pronounced at the top end of the the, the market, less so at the lower prices uh, and at the middle market, but certainly at the top end. If I look at, for example, where I live in Johannesburg, uh, and if I had to replace my same home, si- same land size uh, in a similar suburb in Cape Town, probably at least two and a half times. And then what we're also seeing is that in the Western Cape, and specifically Cape Town, the the rate of growth of property prices is probably double that of Johannesburg and and Gauteng. So not only is the base higher, but for people who are looking to move down to the the Cape, the, the gap in property prices continues to widen with a faster rate of price growth in in the Western Cape. Um, So then... Does that mean that counting prices are definitely going down or they're just not rising nearly as fast? Well, they're certainly, in, in real terms, they're certainly going down. So it's probably been at least five years since counting since property prices kept up with inflation. And especially now with inflation, I think the latest data came in at 7.1%. Property prices in counting are probably growing at barely 3%. So in real terms, property prices in counting haven't increased at least for the last five years and we're seeing some real growth in, in, in the Western Cape. Property prices are somewhere close to inflation now, but generally over the last 10 years have exceeded uh, inflation, offering real price growth. We are, though, seeing in, in Gauteng and, and Joburg that a trend where if you've bought your property in the last five years and you're now putting it back on the market, there are many properties that aren't fetching their, their original purchase price from as, as far back as five years ago. Um, so all of these things are now changing. Are we seeing this happening very quickly? And I mean, has there, there's been a movement in some ways to Cape Town for a little while. Has it seemed to speed up? I think it. Ha- I think it has seemed to to speed up, and and we're seeing a similar trend in 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 this immigration trend as what we saw in immigration trends. The, the trend was originally those who could afford to immigrate, in some respects, maybe replicate their life their lifestyle overseas. And in, in more recent years, we've started to see an immigration and similarly in a immigration trend where it's, it's not limited to those that have the financial means. It's those that are looking to, to trade maybe even a lifestyle in, in Johannesburg to get less, but to have a better quality of life in, in Cape Town and, and not necessarily just around sea views and lifestyle, as you, as you mentioned earlier, but infrastructure, 
education, and I think just a, a belief in, in, in the long-term future of the sustainability of, of where they're going to live. And residential property is very much a, a long-term confidence decision. And if the confidence is not there, people either move to areas where they can make those longer-term decisions or delay those decisions. Is it just the upper sort of middle-class sector? Or are you seeing this in all categories where you're seeing these prices really moving in Cape Town at the moment? So it's probably actually you'll probably find that that in the 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 luxury end of the market the property prices aren't moving as fast as sort of the middle and and slightly lower tiers and that's just because the 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 number absolute number of people who can afford those sorts of properties still makes up a very 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 small percentage so where we're seeing most of the the better price growth sort of the the 6 7 maybe even as much as 8% is in that sort of tier from 3 million up to about 7 million because that's where a, a much higher percentage of the demand is coming from and especially from those people who are celebrating. Um, are you expecting this trend to continue? I mean, from what you're saying, it would seem that it is going to grow, I mean, it's going to continue in this way for the moment at least. Uh, I mean, Kharteng is going to battle to sort of catch up, I presume. Well, it's, it's interesting, um, Stephen, because when, when you still look at the data in terms of Kharteng as the most populous uh, province in 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 the country it still generates i think probably close to a third of the of the the gdp relative to to the other provinces um it still is the the economic hub of of the country and yes there is a shift down to cape town and offices which we spoke about earlier so i think the trend is is going to continue and i i think that part of what what is going to have to happen to reverse that trend is is what happens in in Gauteng and you know, the stability of government, the long-term plans. We have a government in the Western Cape, local government, regional government that's talking about, you know, new power solutions. We have a, 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 a council in Joburg that shelved their plans the moment the, the new mayor and council was appointed. So um, I, I think the trend is going to continue. The challenge for semigrators, though, and, and we see it sort of on the ground in the market, is that, is that many of our sellers who are looking to semigrate um, find it very difficult to... to, to uh, come to terms with what they're having to sell for in Johannesburg to replace in in the, the Western Cape, and and I think to some degree that, that potentially is is going to maybe slow down some part of that immigration trend. Is is the cost of 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 relocating from a, a property point of view, whether it be sales or rentals? Uh, thank you very much indeed. Herschel Javits is the CEO of Javits Properties, uh, ending your mediated conversation this morning. My thanks also to Matej Bawan, the MD of Broad Properties, Energy, Water and Sustainability Division. And starting us off today, John Luce, the property economist at First National Bank. Country changing in all sorts of ways where people are spending their money and buying property is just one of them. Well, we will be with you tomorrow.